Welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about what to do when you aren't seeing results, when you are stuck in your fitness journey. Now, let me first say that fitness is definitely not all about changing. Fitness, I truly believe from the bottom of my heart, is a lifestyle. I live my health and fitness journey day in and day out, as should everybody, because it's really important for so many aspects of our life. But sometimes there's phases where we want to improve, where we want to make a change, and that's okay. I will say if you are always only wanting to change and only wanting to like be different, you might want to rethink what you're focusing on because you might be looking at health and fitness as more extreme. But it is totally normal and I think fantastic for us to go through phases where we want to improve. So oftentimes during these phases, we might want to build more muscle. We might want to lose fat. We might want to get faster in our runs. Today, I'm really going to focus a little bit more on the building muscle and losing fat as a goal, but obviously there's multiple goals. Maybe you want to get a certain time on a marathon, or maybe you want to be able to do um, a certain workout for a certain extended period of time or lift a certain weight. Those are all great, but I'm going to focus on those two main goals for shifting that people often get stuck with, which is either building muscle or fat loss. And I'm going to give you four questions that you need to ask yourself if you are working hard and you're trying and you are not seeing results. Because I train clients online. I run a program all online. I run it through, you know, I have a couple of coaches that help me and people sign up and we coach them and we check their check-in forms. And most of the time when people are being consistent, depending on their goals, they will see progress. But there are always a handful of things that hinder them from seeing progress. And I'm going to cover a couple of those really common ones. Obviously, there's more than what I'm going to cover, but I'm going to cover the most common that I see today to help you get unstuck and break that plateau and continue towards your goal. Now, as always, if this episode is helpful, please, please, please share it on your social media. Share it with your friends, families, dogs, cats, kangaroos. I don't care. Anybody share it so that the podcast can grow and it allows me to cover more topics and get more guests. And I always appreciate a review. It means the world to me. It helps give me happy and excited energy vibes to record for you. And it makes me feel like I get to communicate back and forth with listeners because that's the kind of funny thing about a podcast is I kind of just talk at you. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I could. I wish I could hear what they have to say. So write a review if you enjoy the podcast. Today, the review is by Tristan Jacobs. It's called Accurate Information. I love, love, love listening to Andrea and hearing her passion behind her podcast topics. They are researched, lived, and guarantee a happier, healthy lifestyle if followed. I appreciate the variety of topics. Keep the good stuff coming. Thank you, Tristan. And I will say, I do make sure that I have research to back it up. Today, I will also tell you that when I say research shows, I can guarantee if you go to the show notes, there is a reputable source of a research paper that is covering what I talked about. I sometimes think people like pull things out of the air, especially now on social media. People will be like, this works five out of 10 times, 70% of the time. (laughs) And you're like, what? That doesn't even make sense. So this is really important to me. And if I say something that you're like, I don't know about, I promise that there will be a research paper or there will be a link in the show notes explaining where I got that research from, because I think that is really important. And it's really easy to just 
It sounds funny, but it's easy to make things up these days. So I'm not on that ship. You can always check my show notes for any research links. Okay, let's get into it today. Let me give you four things that you should think about or ask yourself if you have plateaued, you're feeling stuck, or you aren't seeing results, which really are all the same thing, but either way you want to put it, let's talk about it. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. Okay, now before I do ask these four questions, I want you to sincerely think about them. I also want you to possibly write them down and put them somewhere you see them a lot and ask yourself all week long these four questions and really evaluate your situation because oftentimes when I ask my online clients these questions, At first, they'll be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then like two days later, they'll write me back and be like, just kidding, I don't do that at all. (laughs) So definitely be aware, take some time to really process them because it's really important for your goals that you're aware of these things. And remember, while I know there's lots of goals today, I'm going to focus mainly on fat loss or building muscle and obviously like Running and weaving in times like that can be effective for different goals, but those are the two main goals where people plateau a lot. So I'm going to just cover those. Okay. The first question is, am I eating enough food? Now, I'm sure you're thinking, um, I would like to raise my hand because my goal is fat loss. And if my goal is fat loss, I need to be in a calorie deficit. Yes and no. So here's the thing. The truth is, is we've been taught our whole lives that less food is how we lose fat. The problem is most of us have lived our whole lives trying to eat less food. And so our metabolism is slow and we don't have any space to go into another calorie deficit because over the years we've done less and less and less. Now, sometimes, especially with my clients, I've noticed they're busy moms. They've got a lot on their plate. Sometimes they're working, they're this and that, and they don't even realize they're under eating. They'll they'll just say, I've just, I'm so busy. I'm running errands. I didn't even and notice. So it's not always on purpose. While often it is, it doesn't have to be on purpose. Sometimes we're just under eating. I reverse diet 40% of my clients. That's a really high ratio. So you may be thinking, no, I eat enough. I do eat enough. I like all the time binge or I do this or that. And I'm going to give you some quick signs for you to think about while thinking about if you eat enough food. The first one is, do you yo-yo diet? Now, Not even just yo-yo dieting, but yo-yo with food, which means there's parts of the day where you eat very little, there's parts of the day where you eat a lot. Maybe there's parts of the week where you eat very little, and then there's parts of the week, typically on the weekend, where you eat a lot. Those are very often signs that you are under eating on a regular basis and you're yo-yoing back and forth. Also, moodiness, tiredness, and brain fog also can be indicators that the diet is not balanced. When someone is going for fat loss, 
there has to be a high enough calorie intake to do the calorie deficit to help with fat loss. But along with that, there has to be enough food to still fuel the metabolism and to fuel muscle and to still help you feel good. And often people will come to me, and I've noticed a lot with my clients, they'll come to me and they're already eating 13, 14, 1500 calories. And that's a cut. That's not maintenance. We need to live our lives in maintenance. So they're like, I want to lose fat and I'm eating 14, you know, 50, 1450 calories. And I say, that's great. But an efficient cut and an effective cut is anywhere from 350 to 500 calories. If you're already eating 1400 calories, there's no space to give you an effective cut without drastically harming your metabolism. And you know I am not about that. I have had people be super mad at me because I refuse to cut their calories because I'm like, no, your metabolism will literally die if we do that. We have got to increase your food intake, get you to maintenance, and then you can do an effective cut if your goal is fat loss. So for that person who's only eating 1,400 calories on a regular basis, my goal is to get their calories up to the high teens, even low teens. 2000s. And then, and only then, can you do a short-term cut for fat loss. So then you do that cut window of 350 to 500 calories for fat loss, and you have to increase before you can decrease. If you continue to decrease and decrease or yo-yo between under-eating and over-eating and under-eating, it just wreaks havoc on your metabolism, and we want a strong metabolism. So that is my first question. Are you eating enough to actually reach your goal if it is fat loss. If your goal is building muscle, it's the same thing. For muscle, you need to fuel the muscle. You need to be eating enough food. And whether your goal is building muscle or fat loss, often I found with the people that I work with, and I've worked with literally thousands of clients, is they're not eating enough protein to fuel their goals. And that's really, really important. So protein helps build the muscle. The muscle helps speed up the metabolism. If your goal is building muscle, that's perfect to have the protein to fuel the muscle. If your goal is fat loss, it's perfect to have the protein to fuel the muscle to then speed the metabolism to help you with fat loss without having to do this drastic cut and continue to eat less and less food. Instead of focusing on eating less, we focus on making the metabolism stronger and burn more calories day to day doing nothing. The more muscle you have, you can sit on the couch and you will burn more calories doing nothing the more muscle you have. It's amazing. Muscle is your friend. I feel like I need to make a shirt that says muscle is your friend (laughs) because a lot of females have learned to fear muscle And muscle is truly what helps you with all of your goals. It helps you maintain. It helps you, you know, look more cut. It helps you feel stronger in your body. It's super crucial that way. In fact, my um, hip, I've talked openly about my hip and I have like a later diagnosis, like the hip's already pretty bad and I'm actually not in very much pain. And the surgeons have flat out said to me, I think it's because you have so much muscle in your body that your muscle is supporting the joints and your joint isn't taking the brunt of the work because your muscle is strong. So there are so many reasons to have muscle besides like, hey, I want to look cool when I flex my bicep. There's more. There's more to it. Like it really does help support your frame and helps you feel stronger and more limber and more durable long term. So Make sure you are eating enough protein to 
fuel that muscle. Now, here's some quick tips for that. If you are someone who likes to track, I typically put my clients, even if their goal is fat loss or building muscle, I typically put them at 0.8 to 1.1 grams per pound of body weight. Some people do it by kilograms, but I just tend to do it by that. If you have someone, it's a general guideline. So if you have someone in person to do it, but that's a general guideline that I think can be helpful. If you don't want to track, no big deal. You don't even have to do that math to figure out how much protein to have. I'm all on board with you doing you. But in that situation, what I would do is I would estimate how much protein you're having or just simply track a food journal for three days, write down your food and look like, am I eating protein? Am I not eating protein till like maybe two or three in the afternoon? Am I only eating like a teeny bit of yogurt in the morning and then no protein until like evening, like just visually look at it and then slowly start increasing the protein for your goal. That's my first tip. Am I eating enough? No matter what your goal is. And like, can I do like a side, like a B, a step down from am I eating enough? Is there enough protein? Because protein helps with fat loss and building muscle. It's crucial for that. Okay, on to my second question to ask you. How does my sleep Look, I know that sleeping as a mother, as someone who's recently postpartum, as someone who's pregnant, as just a parent is hard. So as I give you this information, I hope you know that I see you, that I understand that I have gone through phases in my life where I'm like, I'm not sleeping at all. This is, I feel like I live in a crazy town. I want you to know that I see you. So as I give you these tips, I need you to take it with a grain of salt and I'll kind of explain of things you could be aware of to increase your sleep. But sleep is super important for your goals, whether it's fat loss or building muscle. We often think that appetite is just like our stomach grumbling. It tells us when we're hungry. But appetite is actually controlled by neurotransmitters, grenaline, which promotes hunger, and liptin, which promotes feeling full. So there's two hormones that kind of control hunger and fullness. And lack of sleep actually affects the body's regulation for these two hormones, for grenaline and liptin. One study I found showed that men who slept four hours had increased hunger hormone. I'm just going to call it the hunger hormone so it's easier to remember. And decreased satisfaction hormone, which is lifting, compared to those who slept 10 hours. Now, when I read the study, I was like, 10 hours? Who's sleeping 10 hours? Nobody's got time for that. (laughs) But I did think, you know what? If I can even get like seven hours, you know, just a little bit more. But it showed the drastic decrease from four hours to 10 hours of difference. So instead of hearing that number and being like, oh, I can't do that, look at what you're sleeping now and slowly increase it. 30 minutes, an hour. If you can get to an hour and 15 minutes, great. Just slow, tiny steps and try to increase it. Along with that, which I thought was interesting, is the dysregulation of the grenaline and the liptin, the hunger and the fullness hormone, it led to increased appetite and decreased feelings of fullness in people who were sleep deprived. So naturally, when they were sleep deprived, they were more hungry and they were less full, which means they ate more food on a regular basis. In addition to that, I found a ton of other studies that showed, which I actually didn't know this. So this was something new I learned, and I also will link this in the show notes, is that sleep deprivation affects even our food preferences, which means like the kind of food you are eating. It said that sleep-deprived people normally chose foods that were higher in calories and carbohydrates. 
Now, I'm not against higher calorie foods or carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are great. They help build muscle too. But it doesn't mean we need them in excess. And if we're sleep deprived, we tend to reach for those. And also, I think sometimes we tend to reach for carbohydrates when we're sleep deprived because carbohydrates are a quick form of energy. They're broken down into glucose faster. They just are a little bit easier. The thermogenic rate is lower on them. So we can get energy faster. And when we're tired, we're like, please give me energy. And we feel overwhelmed. So I could see how that could really happen. But it actually shows that studies prove that it is happening. So sleep is really important. Something else to think about, because I talk a lot about the metabolism for fat loss and for building muscle is your metabolism actually slows in the night. It's really normal. It slows to about 15% while you're sleeping. And then during the day, it revs like way up. But basically, if you're not sleeping very much, your metabolism isn't given the ability to slow, which makes it more groggy basically during the day. So it doesn't run as well. So your metabolism actually needs that slow time. It needs that little break. And when people have sleep deprivation, it commonly leads to metabolic dysregulation, which means the metabolism is struggling. It's not regulating the same way. It's not digesting glucose the same way. It's just having a hard time, which makes your body have a hard time with your goals of fat loss or building muscle. So those are kind of the ones that really help with fat loss. Now, if your goal is building muscle, this is something that I also like to remind people in that muscle is happening, like the recovery from muscle happens in your sleep. So mainly in your non-REM sleep. So that's your deep sleep. And that's where you spend 40% of your night in this deep sleep. So typically in your non-REM stage, your brain slows down, there's less activity. And because of that, the blood supply is available to help muscle repair. It basically pushes more blood and oxygen and nutrients to healing and growth of the muscles. So the muscles and the tissues are rejuvenated during non-REM sleep. Basically, the body is tired. Most of the system shut off. And then like your body's like, oh, okay, well, like we can focus on repairing the muscles now because when I'm running around during the day, that's the bottom of the barrel because I'm trying to move her limbs and blink her eyes and her brain's on fire. But when you're sleeping, it's like, oh, okay, she's nice and quiet and calm let's start rebuilding your muscle. There's not a lot going on. So let's really focus there. Also during that deep sleep, the human growth hormone is released. So your pituitary gland basically sends a shot of human growth hormone that also stimulates growth and muscle repair. So if you're not sleeping enough, you're not going to get that shot of human growth hormone, which is also helping your muscles grow and repair. And we know that the muscles are linked to metabolism, which again, no matter what your goal is, stronger metabolism, more effective responses to your goals, and you won't plateau as much. So sleep is seriously huge. I explained to you why it's important for fat loss and why it's important for building muscle. I know that sleep is a discouraging one. I know if you have sleep apnea or any sleep disorders, I highly suggest seeing a doctor. We have an episode, episode 53 with the sleep guru, Meredith Broderick, and we talk about some of those disorders. And I open up about how my husband actually, I listened to that episode myself. I did that interview and we got him tested and he has sleep apnea and now he wears this awesome machine at night. But he even noticed on his whoop that tracked his sleep that it improved drastically when he got the machine to help with his sleep apnea. 
So be aware that if you do have a sleep disorder, it's really important that you do get it addressed. Now, if you're someone who just, you know, is recently postpartum, I know it's hard. There's a time and a place you will be able to get to sleep more eventually. And I know you can't necessarily control that. See if you have a spouse that is willing to even rotate with you even once a week for one feeding or for a night or something that just to give you a little bit of a break. And I know there's many circumstances where that is not possible. So just know that you're doing your best If you are someone who is in that situation, I'm going to highly suggest that you try to go to sleep earlier. So I noticed for me, after I put my kids to bed, I want like Andrea time. I want downtime. And then I get on my phone and I scroll and I go down like black holes of like random, (laughs) random things, learning about random facts. And then like I look at my clock like two hours later and I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? So I want you when you put your kids to sleep to literally set a timer And if you want to scroll on your phone or do stuff on your phone, set a timer that goes off. And when it goes off, you put your phone away. If you're someone who likes to watch a TV show and relax, that's totally great. But set a timer so you're not just binge watching a show or looking on your phone late at night. Set a 15, 20-minute timer. And the best thing you can do for yourself if you truly want to give yourself self-care is to get in bed earlier. I know it feels boring. I know it feels not exciting and fun. But it will literally help you get to your goals faster, which will help you feel empowered and excited and motivated and have more energy during the day. So do be aware of that. If you are someone who struggles with, and this is me, I openly talk about this, with anxiety or um, falling asleep. I'm a huge fan of Soul CBD. Their gummies, they have a gummy called Bedtime Besties. I live and die by them. I love them. I, for long periods of time, really struggled going to bed. I'd go and lay in my bed and my mind would race. And I'd think of all the things I was going to do the next day. And I discovered these gummies. I really like the blue lemonade and they are fantastic. They have cannabidol in them. So there's no THC. It just has the cannabidol, which helps you calm. I have one gummy and I just, it calms my mind and I easily fall asleep very quickly. I do have a code for that. Let me see what my code is. I never remember anything. Okay. I do have a code for that. It's simple, S-I-M-P-L-E, and that's for 15% off. I will add a show a link in the show notes as well, but you can go to www.mysoulcbd.com slash make it simple or just anywhere on their site, simple for 15% off. But that's a way that I have improved my own sleep. I know that's not for everybody, but if you're someone who's like, I try to sleep, I get in bed, I turn off my phone, I don't watch shows, and I just roll in my bed forever before I fall asleep. I honestly think those bedtime besties would be really, really helpful. And again, they're organically grown. There's no THC in them. And they just have the cannabidol, which helps calm you with a little bit of melatonin. And I've tried plain melatonin, and that didn't really work with me. But either way, evaluate your situation and evaluate where you can improve. Maybe you just need to turn off your stuff earlier, you know, like your free time activities earlier. Maybe you can trade with a spouse or maybe, you know, try a different way. But hopefully that will get you thinking about ways you can improve your sleep because there are lots of different ways. And if you do need to see a sleep doctor because maybe you have a disorder, please do so because it makes a huge difference. Okay, here's my next question. So my third question is progressive overload involved in your workouts. So here's the deal. 
If you are doing the same workouts over and over again, lifting the same weights, the same reps, all the same things, and you're not seeing changes, then it's time to change. And also it's probably because you're not progressively overloading your muscles. So I know we hear that phrase thrown around a lot. And basically what that means is you have to progressively and over time challenge your muscles. So For anything, you need to overload the muscle to make muscle grow. If you're always doing the same thing, you're not overloading the muscle. It's going to stay exactly the same. It's not going to help with the metabolism. So the best thing to do is to start picking up heavier weights. Now, I know for a lot of people, they're like, I don't understand reps or sets or I don't know how much to lift. And here are some quick tips. If you have a rep range in your workout, let's say that you're doing 10 reps of a bicep curl, okay? If that is the rep range in your workout and you finish all 10 reps, and if you are able to do even two to three more, you need to increase your weights. If you have a 10 rep range and you could easily do 12 to 15, it means your weights aren't heavy enough. You should only be able to complete the reps assigned based on your weights. So the last three reps in that range, so rep seven, rep eight, rep nine, Rep 10, that's four reps. So let me try again. Rep 8, rep 9, rep 10. Those should be very, very challenging. Like you should finish that 10th rep and be like, oh, I can't do any more. Now, the second thing to think about is you have to be able to do those last three reps in the allotted reps that you're assigned. So for 10 reps, those last three reps with good form. If you're starting to sway in your bicep curl or you're swinging the weight because it's so heavy, that's not effective. We always want quality over quantity. So in that situation, I would actually say, why don't you bump your weights down a little bit? So that is something to be aware of when we're saying progressively overload your muscles. If you're progressively overloading your muscles, you will see changes in them. That means that the amount you should squat should be increasing. That means the amount you should do at anything should be increasing. Even if you're doing a timed workout, you should be able to still increase your reps. I typically tell people, if you're doing a timed workout that has weights in it, by the last um, about five to eight seconds, I really shoot for eight seconds. Those last eight seconds, you should feel like I can't lift any more weights for those last little bit. And it's also more about slow and controlled. Sometimes when a workout is timed, people think it's about like speed, fly, 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 do as many as you can. Again, quality over quantity. I would rather someone have killer range of motion, which means they're doing the full range of motion. Like when I see people squat and they only go down like maybe six inches, I'd rather you do less squats and come fully down and fire fully up. It's going to be better for reps or for timed workouts. So that's something to think about. Look at your workouts and think about, am I progressively challenging the muscles? Do I always pick up the same size weights every time I do squats? Do I always pick up the same size weights every time I do this exercise or that exercise? Whatever it is, you want to progressively challenge. I would also suggest going back to episode 45, setting up a solid strength training routine because there's different amounts of reps and sets based on your goals. For example, powerlifting, they stay in like one to five reps. Hypertrophy, which is where I typically like to lift, stays between six to 12 reps. And then strength endurance typically jumps up between 12 and 20 reps. So that is going to vary. But If you like that rep range, if you're happy with it, you still need to be making the last three reps in your sets extremely challenging. You shouldn't be able to do any more. And you want to think about, 
am I constantly trying to increase my weights? One other tip that I sometimes give my clients is they'll say, when I go down, I can do more reps. But if I go up, I can't finish. Like you're doing three sets of 10, use the heavier weight for two of the sets and then use a lighter weight for one of the sets because then you're still at least challenging yourself and working your way up, which is going to be more effective than just saying, I can't keep good form. I'm just stuck at this weight. You know, change it up, mix up the weights you're even using in your sets. Okay. My last question that I want you to ask yourself, and this is one that I ask clients regularly. And I do ask them about their weights. I ask them all the time, like, what are your weights? In fact, on my check-in form, I have a spot for them to put their weights so I can make sure that they're challenging themselves. I also ask them about their sleep and obviously I help them make sure they're not under eating. So these are all things that I make sure that I cover in my coaching that you can ask yourself. The last question I ask is, when was the last time you had your hormones checked? And I don't just mean like a run-of-the-mill draw from an OB, because while some OBs are fantastic and they know hormones really well, most of them, I don't want to say most of them, I don't want to um, stereotype anyone, but there are many that don't. And so I would find an expert in your area and... I have interviewed many experts on the podcast about this as well. If you look back, episode six and episode 51 are both with hormone experts, and we break down a lot of the hormones and things to be aware of. But having someone evaluate your hormones is super important, and it will play a massive role in your ability to succeed with either fat loss or with building muscle. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't know of a doctor. So Google is your friend. Google hormone therapy, Google hormone optimization, Google hormone doctor near me, read the websites, read what they do, because there's a lot more that affects your ability to maintain or build muscle or lose fat than just your thyroid. I feel like everyone hears about, oh, my thyroid's hyperactive or hypoactive. And I'm like, cortisol plays a major role. Your T3 and T4, make sure that wherever you're getting a panel, you're getting a full panel because some doctors will run a half panel and won't run everything. Your vitamin D can affect if you're tired. Like there's so many layers. So if you are not under eating, you're sleeping good, you're progressively challenging your muscles, you're working out, you're doing all the things and you're stuck, get your hormones checked. For me, I'm not even kidding, 10 out of 10 times when I have a client who's doing all the things and they're stuck, I'm like, you have got to find a hormone doctor. Like, I would rather them stop paying me and put their money towards a hormone doctor to figure out what's going on. And without fail, they come back and say, I found out this and this and this is off and they're going to help me balance it. And when they do, they start seeing changes. It makes a difference. I know it's super easy to put yourself last and to say like, I'll worry about it later, I'll fix it later, but nobody likes spinning their reels. Nobody likes being in a hamster wheel and doing the same work over and over again and not having progress. So if you are on top of all these things, if you are fueling properly, if you are exercising, if you are using weights, if you are sleeping well, if you're eating a good variety of foods and it has protein in it and great carbs and great fats and you're stuck, get those hormones checked. I can't say it enough. I can't even say it any louder. It is so important because there's a lot of things that affect them. So please think about that. 
I know some insurance cover it. I know others don't. But if I'm honest, we spend money on all kinds of random things, on quick fixes, on this or that or clothes or whatever. If you could like cut down in some areas for a month, you know, and see if you could squeeze in just that one doctor's visit, it could literally change your life. It could literally make things better the rest of your life. So please don't hesitate if you think that could be the issue. All right, so that's my four tips. I know they seem kind of simple, but the truth is all of them are so in-depth. And I've learned that when I have a client and they're stuck, if I can get into those nitty-gritty and get those details and figure out what's going on, without fail, I can break their plateau. So there's no doubt in my mind that if I can get you thinking about those nitty-gritty and those four questions and how you're really doing with them, that it will Blake, Blake, let me try again that it will break your plateau and you will start seeing more results and you won't feel stuck no matter what your goal is. I want you to know that it is not always about less food. It is not always about running longer or doing cardio longer and longer. It is not about adding more workouts. When I hear people say like, I'm not having success, so I'm going to add a two a day. There's something else wrong. You don't need to exercise twice in a day. You don't. I'm like, no, there's layers that are being missed. It's not always about getting up earlier or having willpower. Oftentimes, it's these simple things, these four questions that I asked you that are what are hindering your ability to see results. And Often, if we can change those, not only do we break that plateau, but we feel happy and empowered because we realized, oh, I actually just wasn't caring for my body properly because those are all things that care for our body and those are all things that make our body stronger, healthier, and give it more energy. All of those things, food, sleep, weights, and checking our hormones, all important. That is it for today. I hope these questions help. And as always, again, share the podcast if you did find it helpful. And you know that I'm going to tell you every week, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart all the way through all my vibes, you are doing better than you think you are. Don't let anyone tell you different, and that includes yourself. All right, we'll chat next week.